Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about making the best out of tough times. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast, Coronavirus Edition. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, or the TFWP, as we like to call it. Wow, today we're coming to you from Van Nuys, California, Santa Clarita, California, Venice, California. Lake Arrowhead, California, and San Diego, California. So we're coming to you from all over California to give you something to listen to, hopefully that's entertaining and educational as well. Hey, who do we have here with us today? Look, it's uh, it's Brian Reed. How's it going, Dave? I'm doing good. How's Venice today? Um, overcast. Overcast, yeah. Where Where has the sun gone? Bring it back. I know, huh? People are happier when it's sunnier. What can I say? We need it. Yep. And from San Diego, our announcer, Nick Appel. Nick, how you doing? Hey, Dave. Always good to be here. Good to see you. What's the weather like down in San Diego? It is cloudy and overcast. What is going on? (laughs) You beach guys. Must be tough. Must be tough. Oh, yeah. You know, 75 degrees. I can't complain. Not bad. And coming to us from Santa Clarita, our guest today, Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Dave? Doing good. 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 I wish I was at the beach like these two guys up at the penthouse <laughs> in San Diego and some high-rise skyscraper penthouse in uh, San Diego and uh, Venice. That, that, that's the way to go, man. That'd be nice. It'd be nice. All right, you just hold tight. We're going to get to you in just a minute, Daniel. Today, I want to talk about some coronavirus stuff since this is a coronavirus edition. You know, guys, we're at day 100 in this coronavirus thing. Congratulations or something. Been 100 days? Wow. 100 days. And I know people that have almost literally been in their house the entire time. I can't imagine. That's insane. If I, I mean, they had get outside to walk. They had, they had groceries dropped at the front door and they would like wait a day and go out and get them and stuff. I mean, it's like crazy. It's tough. Oof. Prayers for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and things are starting to come back. It's pretty exciting. Restaurants are starting to open a little bit and uh, what nail salons are going to start to open up. Uh, You know, I got to, I got to get in for my petty because my toenails look like Fritos corn chips. It's brutal. Oh, I did not need Dave. that visual, buddy. <laughs> too much let's, info, not, let's not get back to too much too quick because we don't want to have a, a, a second run of this stuff, you know? Yeah, we all got to slow down, people, just a little bit, seems to me. Just saying. So I'm thinking back over the, the last hundred days, and man, I've seen some tough stuff. I've seen people dying, a lot of people dying, a lot of people getting really sick. Um, I've seen people losing their jobs with no emergency fund or even worse with a pile of debt. I've seen businesses that are that are failing and, and businesses that aren't going to open 
because of the nature of their business for some period of time. Any kind of business that was relating to uh, you know large crowds is not going to open for a while. Nail salons are just now opening. Um, I saw a survey that said that 30% of the restaurants won't even reopen the smaller restaurants. They just got hit too hard. I've seen people walking around the store with, with a grim stare. Remember initially it was kind of quiet and hushed and everyone had face masks and stuff and it, it, was, it was grim. I've seen people fighting about whether they should wear a mask or whether the government can constitutionally force them to do stuff. I mean, I've seen some tough stuff the last hundred, a hundred years. It seems like a hundred years, hundred days. How about you guys? Yeah. I mean, I'm on a similar page, Dave. I, you know, I've always wondered though, you know, why has it taken so long for nail salons to, you know, reopen? Um, you know, I was having a discussion with my family and, you know, I believe I've never had a Manny Petty before. I'm not going to lie, but you know, I, I believe they wear masks anyway. I, I mean, yeah. why why take away from, you know, potentially these small business owners? I, I think the small business owners have been really affected by this, you know, whole pandemic among other people. Well, I think one of the reasons that they, they haven't reopened them is because they know that I'm out lurking in the general public with these nasty- Oh, your, your Fritos. <laughs> My Fritos. But I think that uh, you know, one of the, one of the stories that went around initially was that this expanded initially through nail salons, and I think that frankly they got a bad rap. I think these are businesses that are owned usually by individuals or they're small businesses, and I think they're getting just beat. I'm just glad to see them coming back. Why couldn't they just put up a piece of plexiglass like a teller at a bank and you stick your hand through a slot or something, you know, or um, visualize this me sitting in a chair sticking my foot through a slot that's 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 a pretty frightening looking visual now i understand why they closed <laughs> stay closed but well, i Dave, think i was actually bad. driving i was yeah. driving down um the five the other day and we passed yeah. um magic mountain you know the theme park that's there and all the rides were quiet and you know you start to think about all the workers that are not there and then i also thought wait a minute, look at all those restaurants that are right around and the hotels that are right around Magic Mountain. So everyone is being affected by this. Those restaurants, even if they are opened up again, where's all of their clientele? It's supposed to be going to Magic Mountain and Magic Mountain isn't open yet. So, Right. Think of all those, those motels and restaurants around like uh, Disneyland Resort down there in Anaheim. Yeah. They, they've got to be getting just killed. Just killed. But I got to tell you, at the same time, I've seen some, I've seen some great stuff too, and I want to try and focus on that a little bit. You know, I'd I'd love to carry that with me than, than all the tough stuff, although still be mindful of the tough stuff. You know, I've seen people with a renewed sense of of humanity. You know, working together, like, hey, we're we're all in this, we're all in this together. You know, we're going to sacrifice and we're going to get it done. I think it's one of the great strengths. Um, of our country. I've seen this commitment of the healthcare providers. I mean, unbelievable what our healthcare providers do. Working these long hours. I saw a nurse in, in, 
and she was just sobbing. She says, oh, they're, they're telling us that, you know, people are going to be lined up on gurneys in the hallway and we're trying to get rid of it and it's going to be so bad and I'm still coming into work and I'm going to do everything that I can. And I mean, the commitment was amazing. I don't think I could have worked in a, like a hospital during this time. I mean, one, that's not the kind of stuff that I do, but oh my goodness, brutal, just brutal stuff. So I've seen people really react in a positive way. And I, and I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, because this is the TFWP, I want to talk about people that are trying to make the best in a, in a bad business climate as well. I've seen some really thoughtful entrepreneurial stuff. And I thought we could talk about that for just a little bit. You know, I've seen people on, on street corners selling masks. You know, and when this first went down, I, I stopped. I went and got, you know, an extra mask or two. I saw a website the other day where there's all these people that have created like these funny masks that you can buy now and flip on. Like a mask that's like a, a guy's chin with a big beard and a stogie sticking out or, um, you know, animal masks that look like a dog snout or all sorts of funny things. And I thought, you know, that's, that's clever. Get people to use masks charge them a couple bucks, make a little profit, make the world a, you know, a better place. I mean, I saw a person who had uh, their wages reduced by, uh, you know, 50% at uh, where they were working. And they, they just kept their eyes open and went out and got another part-time job to supplement the one that they were still doing. And they're actually making more money now at the second job than the first. And this particular person was working like, six days a week. I mean, really getting kind of tired. You can't work six days a week for a really long period of time, but um, working that extra day, making the cash while it was there to be made to take care of their family. I thought that was really cool. Looking for the opportunity and taking advantage of it. You know, I saw people doing Instacart, I mean, not Uber, because I don't think Uber is doing too much right now, but these people were picking groceries for folks and delivering it to their house and they're making 25 to 40 dollars an hour uh, delivering stuff with with instacart i thought that was really cool i saw a facebook post where a college student had bought a, a machine that mists disinfectant somehow and i've heard that when a market would pick up some coronavirus they would have the whole place treated with a you know a disinfectant mist and this fellow was offering it to small businesses and and um you know, he bought a machine and he was working it and he said he was going to do this until it was time to go back to, to school. I mean, what a what an entrepreneurial view of things. What a, a great way to do that. I mean, clever, resilient people. Again, part of the the great American fabric, you know, what drives this country forward and has led to our success. I mean, there's been some really great things to see if we take the time to not listen to all the yak, yak, yak on the media and look for the good stuff. How about you guys? Any good stuff? I found that uh, when I finally did get a haircut um, and the woman who cuts my hair was just so happy to be back working uh, again. And, you know, we are a society of workers. We need to. <laughs> um, it's good for our spirit as well. So, um, you know, it was good to get back to the normal a little bit. You know, and I, I like Dave, you were talking about those funny masks. I like the masks that just show people that are smiling. It's a, it's a smile. Right. Because we communicate so much uh, non-verbally right. through our faces that, 
you feel isolated from people. So at least if you see, even see a fake smile, you know, it's like, okay, well, nine times out of 10, I'm smiling behind my mask anyway. So uh, little things like that, that keep the spirit up and keep us moving forward. Yeah, I was surprised at how much of our communication comes off of the lower half of our face. So when someone's wearing a mask, it's kind of hard to tell what they're saying. Exactly. I, that, that, that really surprised me. R really, really surprised me. How about you, Nick? Good stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely good stuff, especially within the, you know, entrepreneur world. You know, I've seen, uh, you know, young kids, high school kids that are making the best use out of this. And, you know, they're filling up, you know, a little can and, you know, they're asking uh, mom and pops and other companies if they can spray down, you know, the shops. And, you know, they're, I, I love seeing entrepreneurial, entrepreneur, I can't even say the word. Entrepreneurial? <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, skills. And, you know, I, it's just a beautiful sight to see because you never know, you know, who's going to be, you know, the new CEO, it, because these people are more likely to become executives in the future than not. And so I, I love that spirit. I think it's been great to watch people come up with a penure. You know, that term, where'd that term come from? Penure. The French? I don't know. <laughs> no. Aaron Sorkin wrote it to the social network. Think about that. She said, and what's your latest penure? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that leads us to today's um, guest, Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel, um, you know, he's been on the show before. He's, a, you know, a survivor, a hustler, a family man, certainly an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, his, his current main business has been um, a security company, uh, but he's also dealt with local governments many times over the years. And um, he's used that experience to... Uh, you know, to kind of create a new business during this time. And I thought it was a very interesting and it would be interesting to have him come on the show. So welcome, Daniel. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast again. Thank you, David. So Glad you're up in back. you're up in Santa Clarita talking to us. Yeah, I know up in Santa Clarita in the desert town. I wish I had that breeze like some of these other guys in the show do. I mean, I'm kind of jealous here. Um, so next time, maybe I'll do a remote from Hermosa Beach or something or rent an Airbnb or something. No, I like that. I like that. And I think you should. I think yeah. you should. Well, you know, Daniel, tell us, we, tell us a little bit about your experience in local government. I mean, I've known you for a lot of years. I consider you a friend for all those years. And I know that in years past, you've done a lot of stuff with local governments. Tell us just a little bit about that to give us a sense of uh, where you're coming from. Yeah, so, so my background, Dave, as you know, um, I've spent about 25 years uh, consulting um, in the law enforcement, uh, public safety, uh, emergency management arena within public sector, local government. And um, that kind of led me and gave me the experience and knowledge that I needed to move forward, start my own company, uh, my public safety security consulting company. And then ultimately, you know, um, it's been really good. Um, from time to time, uh, these cities and these agencies call me uh, to develop policy, uh, research policy, interpret legislation that's coming down the pipeline, uh, a lot of that for grant funding purposes. Um, all these government agencies, the smaller agencies are strapped for cash. 
You know, it's only the time that we have these major issues that come up or emergencies, uh, pandemic, obviously this one we've not had in a hundred years where really uh, a lot of motion, a lot of trigger, it triggers a lot, state level, uh, you know, and federal level. So uh, with that said and done, um, I, I found an opportunity and I found an opportunity to, to really utilize some of that experience to help reboost the economy specifically in my community and for people and friends and family and business owners that know me personally, what could they do to kind of get back up and running? So right. uh, it, it was a good thing for me to do. Um, well, so, I, so a hundred, so hundred days ago, you're just cruising along with your, your business. Your business didn't drop off your, your security and consulting. It didn't drop off with coronavirus, right? No, it, it probably went tenfold with, with yeah. the coronavirus and then, yeah. And then having to work and, and consult for a particular city seven days a week, 15 hours a day was pretty tough as well. So that was the call that you got, huh? Where they they yeah. called you up and said, hey, can we activate you for this specific issue? And it was a coronavirus issue, wasn't it? That's all it was. Yeah. It was straight the coronavirus. And they called me up one day and said, hey, uh, what do you know about it? I said, I've been tracking this for uh, since last year, um, probably later part of last year. And so ultimately, um, my, my entire job function was to respond to the pandemic, um, how we were going to push out the information to that local government staff, everything from telecommuting policy to having 50% of staff work from home, other 50% on, just in case someone was exposed, you always had a fresh crew to come back in. It was uh, creating that response plan trigger uh, to get those balls in place everything from the proclamation end of it declaring a local state of emergency because like some people don't know if these smaller cities don't declare a local state of emergency they're just losing out on potentially hundreds of millions of dollars that they can get at a later date wow so they brought you in plugged you in to help them roll out their response to coronavirus they specifically helped me to be in charge of the entire response for the entire coronavirus for that particular municipality, yes. Wow, what was it like? Were you busy? I bet you were. Oh man, you know, the thing about it is it was so in flux that it was changing uh, by the hour. Everything was coming down the pipeline by the hour. And keep in mind the stuff that we had access to, we're getting stuff sometimes hours to days before the general public. So when you're getting classified emails and classified statistics, you're 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 on the on the behind the scenes going, this can't be real and it's as real as it ever is going to get and 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 not in my lifetime did i ever think i was going to come across something like this but because of my experience i was able to adapt to it and uh, the most importantly thing was how we were going to keep our how that city was going to keep their infrastructure in place and then how they were going to get that message out to the community uh, with limited resources that they had. Um, social media obviously was was their biggest tool. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Their social media uh, following went from 30 or 40 or no more than 100 people to almost 3,000 people within a matter of days. So when you're throwing and you're getting that kind of hits, those kind of likes, you're, you're, you're creating a buzz. You're creating some type of momentum there. And it was something that was really unheard of, um, and 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 but it was very exciting because it changed by the day. So no I gave kidding. I gave the direction, I gave recommendation, 
and they went forward with it. Wow. So they were sending you this stuff a couple of days in advance so you could help them plan and, and advise them as to what they needed to do, huh? Absolutely, man. And so you've seen this stuff and I don't want to know about any confidential stuff, but let me ask you this. It seems to me like we dodged a bullet. Big time. Wow. It could have been a lot worse, huh? It could have been probably 50 times fold over worse than, than it ever um, seemed to have become at the right. surface. Um, my personal opinion, and I'm, yet I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't think uh, this is going to be the end either. Um, it's definitely not going to be the end. You think it's going to be reoccurring or lapping around from time to time? I, I have I have a very uh, a strong feeling that it'll come back in the winter. It'll come back like a tsunami on steroids. Wow. Well, you know, we have a saying here on TFWP, uh, do the social D to avoid the Corona V. Still important? Very important. Yeah. Tell us about this new business. So now you're consulting with this company you're working all these hours, you're helping them roll out their stuff. And it occurred to you that you've got some unique expertise. Tell us about that. Yeah. So there's a, lo there's a local Starbucks right here down the street from my house. And, you know, a lot of my neighbors and friends and stuff, uh, it's kind of our, our, our social meeting place. And like most Starbucks are. And uh, one day the district manager, her name's Andrea comes out and she goes, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Um, um, you know, um, can you help me with something? And I said, yes. She goes, I know you have the experience, but how can we sell coffee at this front area and not have a drive-through that's blocking the bank, the gas station, the supermarket, the donut shop, and another restaurant? All the main entrances to these businesses are being blocked due to that traffic jam for people to get Starbucks. It must be 75, 100 cars deep, nonstop. Wow. So I said, well, it's very simple. There's protocols and there's appendices within the county health law on different phases that you can open if you follow these guidelines. So I helped her, told her what she needed to get, how she needed to get it, came out there, helped them tape down the floor, told her what she needed to do. She's looking at me going, you must be crazy. I can't do this. We can't do it. I said, then if you can't do it, then you're going to keep your door shut and you're not going to have that front door access to be able to even give coffee on based on the mobile app purchase or someone that just going to walk up. So everything, they're getting a little doorbell at the front. So they got the doorbell, they did all this. And she sat there when they were having coffee. She goes, Daniel, you got to help other businesses do this. We're Starbucks. We're a, we're, we are the coffee chain in this nation, this country. So then she goes, I'm putting you in contact with Starbucks corporate. Starbucks corporate, I talked to them and, um, and they were just blown away on what that protocol process would take and how it would look at all their stores. So then ultimately some other businesses that I knew, friends and family started calling me that have businesses. How can we do this? How can we do that? And how can we do this? So I took it upon myself saying, listen, I've been helping a public agency, public municipality, and have over 20-something years of experience handling crisis like this, not specifically to a pandemic, but on the emergency management level. Why not, why not create some type of entrepreneurship out of this and really help people and really be available for people? And uh, 
let let it be known um my consulting business on this aspect of this business uh came to horizon and has just taken off uh like you would not believe man so the light bulb went off and you said hey i can provide this service and this help to different companies and this is an area of expertise that i have yeah you know the, the light bulb went on and but most specifically keep in mind not only did i feel i'm i'm trying to reboost the economy and have them come back it's just i'm giving it to them in basic elementary school terms they don't have to read 700 pages of documents they don't have to read 18 to 25 pages of public health orders and they're looking at the public health orders going oh my god this just said this this just said that what really changed on it so i've broken it down very simple if you're a liquor store if you're a restaurant if you're a coffee shop if you're a supermarket if you're the barber etc tell me your business tell me where it's at i do a virtual assessment or a physical assessment and then i give you a list of 10 items that you got to put together to get back up and running. And wow. You sent me one of those appendices by email a couple of days ago. And I looked at that and my eyes just glazed over. I mean, all these different, and it's, and it's written by government people. So it's in a, in a different language almost. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, when I send this over to people, they call me back going, Daniel, we can't comply with at the first glance, they look at the items we can't comply with every single checkoff box that we have to check off. I said, oh, hang tight. Take five minutes and read every single box, then call me back. That's and when they call me back, they say, oh, you know what? We can do this. Yeah. Because yeah. you're just looking at it going, we're never going to be able to do this. It well, can be easily done. Yeah, and it's critical that people comply as they reopen because otherwise the police department, the health department's coming around. They can get re-shut down. Um, they can contribute to another wave of coronavirus. So yeah. they really need to comply. Even if they don't think that they should be doing it all, you still got to do it if you're going to reopen. It's got to happen. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 got to happen 100%. And 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 to add on to that, my service that I'm offering is kind of a monthly subscription. So they subscribe. There's a flat fee they sign up for. Then there's a monthly subscription, but that monthly subscription allows them unlimited phone calls to contact me, um, and they end up contacting me. And then when they contact me. They at that point they, they they may have questions. For example, Buffalo Wild Wings called me up and they said, "Hey, we just had an exposure case. What do we do?" I said, "They said, oh, Daniel, this is what we want to do. We only want to send two or three people that were on the schedule home." I'm like, "Negative. You shut down the store. You advise everybody you had an exposure. You have them self monitor." You don't test anyone right now. You have them all self-monitored three to seven days, come back 10 days later, reassess and open up. And they thought I was crazy. Two days went by. They called me back. They're like, Daniel, you were right. Well, you just lost two days because you thought I was crazy. Yeah. But you've, you've had the experience dealing with this. You've had the experience dealing with entrepreneurs. You are an entrepreneur. So you're able to talk their language. And from what I'm hearing, you do it for a, 
basically a, a flat fee. I do it for a flat fee. Yeah. A flat monthly fee. Now let me ask you flat this: Are you busy? Oh, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Let's do it's... let's do this. Um, let's have you back in three, four, five months and see yeah. how this business is doing as you kind of because it's relatively new at this point, right? I mean, you've yeah, you know, it's it's relatively new, but the the big picture of this business opportunity is really to look at the structure and what structure that I want to go with. And the, the, the route I'm going with this really is I'm really trying, I really would like to focus on the larger chains that have really got hit by this. And I'm talking, Starbucks was closed for many, many days, lost uh, almost, uh, I, think, uh, I think I read something that said somewhere along 75 to $100 million. I mean, th that's a lot of coffee. It's a lot of coffee cups there, you know? And those Starbucks, for me in general, you put one in a shopping center, it creates a buzz, it creates a flow, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like empowering. So what I'm really looking at, at the big scheme of things is trying to help these larger venues, larger corporations. Uh, and some of the ones that I've been contacted by, um, you know, you tell them the guidelines, you tell them what they have to do. These are not my guidelines. These are guidelines they got to follow by the health department and by CDC. Right. I'm just streamlining it for them. Right to trying to break it down for them. You know? Right. You're condensing, you're consulting, you're helping them implement what rules have already been put out by the, the various, various yeah. governments. Hey, yeah. will you come back in a couple months and tell us more yeah. about this? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, Dave. All right, well, let's sum it up for just a minute here. You know, I think it's been pretty darn tough the last hundred days, but there's always, there's always a silver lining. And I think we can learn a lot from watching how people react to this adversity, people like Daniel, people uh, who are especially people that are entrepreneurs, how they react, how they look for opportunity, how they look to help. Something to think about for our listeners. Are there any opportunities, business opportunities out there for you? Something to think about. Wow, I think that's a wrap for today. Thank you to our special guest, Daniel Rodriguez. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks to Brian Reed. Thanks, thanks to Dave. Nick Appel. Appreciate having you guys here. Thanks, Dave. From all over the state of California, what a gas. You know, stick with us. We got some interesting emails that we've been holding now, and I think we're going to do a show just on a couple of emails coming up. So stay listening. Check it out. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success. <laughs>